0: Even as long as I've had this podcast, there is still the part of me that has this weird transition where I can't just start it. It always has to like I have to have like four or five different intros that I inevitably just get rid of because they're so corny and stupid, right? I'll do something like hey, welcome back to the Cinema Flavor podcast <clears throat> and then I got deleted because I, I realized <clears throat> what a retard I sound like. <laughs> so that's <clears throat> that's a cold open to that. Um, yeah, (laughs) I'm talking about Lord of the Rings, cool. See, how awesome was that opening? It's not awkward at all. Um, I've never seen Lord of the Rings, weirdly enough, never, never got around to it. I grew up very, grew up very, very religious. And because of that, orcs and elves and magic, um, those things were kind of, just the concept of them alone was very sensitive, right? You, You just don't mess with that kind of stuff. And so I never watched it. And as I got older, right, you you don't really gain the interest in something that you're not supposed to watch anyways. Um, And that goes for a couple things, Uh, Scooby-Doo, stuff like that. I, I just wasn't allowed to watch it, so I just didn't. And more time came around, and I really started getting into movies. And Lord of the Rings was still just like this elephant in the room, this obstacle. And a lot of it just came down to, one, those movies are like three hours long, right? You always tell yourself, well, I just don't have the time. I don't have the time. <clears throat> and eventually I just got to it and I realized well, it's a little hypocritical if I have a movie podcast where even in my bio, every movie deserves a review, and yet I have yet to see any of these movies. So I finally buckled down, watched them, watched them all in roughly about two days. I started one, started the uh, Fellowship of the Ring like late on a Sunday, and then eventually worked my way into like Monday. And that's like 11 hours, man. It, it's it's amazing. I got to say, though, very rarely was I ever bored. Because these movies, the thing about Peter Jackson, I think this is something that I've always appreciated from him, even though I've never seen the Lord of the Rings movies, was that I know Lord of the Rings is huge. Meaning the, the concept, the lore itself, when you watch it, there's so much of it's... That you could take that story in about a million different places. Uh, you can make spin offs. You can make other books. You, you know, you could do a lot of other things that can't even, be, can't even be really covered in those three hours. Like, you have three hours and you realize you actually need five um, if you're really going to get into everything. And that stuff is the stuff that I find so fascinating because I like it when you're sucked into a world like Lord of the Rings, and you get to just stay there for a while, and you get to really feel the depth of that movie, and you get to really feel the depth of their surroundings, the danger that they're in, the power that exists in this universe, right? There's rules and concepts to it that um, somebody like Gandalf being a wizard and then having hobbits and stuff, and there's just this kind of hierarchy of class of i guess race i guess that's what you would call a dwarf or an elf or a hobbit i I don't i don't really know it doesn't really seem like they're called species um i know like in dungeons and dragons you call them a class right you double class and it's kind of the same thing it's it's all the same type of thing uh meaning there's also dwarves and elves in that game um but that stuff was the thing that's as i was watching it going dude I, i really i want to know more about that Um, very rarely does a movie ever really get me into that zone, especially one that uh, goes well over 10 hours, right? Usually you're just like, oh god, can this end? Can this already end? I'm finally finally at the end where Frodo has the ring. It's like, it's all over. It's all over. (laughs) Um, Getting into it, man, yeah, that that world building stuff, and that also goes into my fascination with Star Wars. I, I got a little bit of I got those same kind of feelings. It's it's hard to try to explain on the pod. Um, a lot, a lot of times when you're watching Star Wars, you get at least I get the. Uh, I feel like I want to just be in this universe and just play. I just want to play. I, I want to be on Hoth. I want to be on Endor. I want to be on uh, Tatooine and Kashyyyk and things like that. You just you want to look around and explore, and that's so fun with games like uh, the Fallen Order. And Battlefront, where you could actually kind of kind of get a little bit of that. I think with VR you could do that. Um, but that's the stuff that I enjoy. And I, I feel like if I would have watched Lord of the Rings when I was much younger, I definitely would have been obsessed with it the same way I am a completely obsessed with Star Wars. Um, it's it's on that level of interesting. And I think a little bit has to do with the fact that when I'm watching this movie, I am so completely impressed by the set the practicality of it, the immersion of how much Peter Jackson has clearly invested into these movies. Um, th- there's a little bit, I mean, mind you, these movies probably came out in like the early 2000s from what I kind of remember. Um, so there's a little bit of like things that haven't aged well, some CGI, some green screen, but like that's very, very small in comparison to what's is actually being uh, done on film. Like there's actual armor and swords and these people are actually wearing all these wardrobes. Um, I know a lot of this movie was shot in New Zealand and it's beautiful. It Like you see these long sweeping landscapes of mountains and like that's, you know, sometimes when you go up to like a mountain and like that fog kind of just, it's at a standstill like in the middle of the mountains. It's just kind of overhangs on top of a mountain and it like a mountain will be tall, and then you'll see like this shroud of, of fog that just kind of sits up above there. You've probably seen it. It it looks, like it fits into that world as well. Um, the amount of environments that also exist, uh, also in the, in this world, like it was actually pretty interesting. Considering that I always thought like, well, this is Middle Earth. I'm start, I'm assuming that there's not a whole lot of things you're gonna get outside of just mountains, right? It's supposed to be middle earth but there's snow and there's lava um stuff like that and also too a lot of that stuff is shot in practicality i i give kudos to people who could do that somebody like peter jackson who can handle that much chaos and just uh just that man, that man that amount of people on a set whether it's you know people who are cinematographers or, or you know Gaffers, key grips, and then on top of that, you have this massive amount of people that you need because you have every single movie always ended in these big, big, big battles. Um, a lot of times it was CGI, but a, a lot of times you'll see people like, you know, a massive amount of extras that all have like bows and arrows and, uh, you know, Gimli having all this actual armor like that. That was the stuff that I was like, I can't imagine how how much trouble that probably took uh trying to make a movie of this size right peter jackson trying to handle all that how you gonna shoot it how are you gonna how you gonna cut it right because you know i'm i'm sure more than just actually shooting it i bet you actually cutting is the stuff that i bet hurts a director to the fullest it's just like you want to everything that you shot you obviously want in your movie um and even for a three-hour movie you still can't have that um taking all that stuff out all that hard work that has to go somewhere and of course you have things like director's cut i know that there's director's cuts for these movies i don't think i watch them i just watch the ones that were I, I watch these on hulu so a lot of times hulu just plays off what is already kind of uh circulating on tv so i think this was like on tnt so this is probably already the edited modified for tv version which was still like three hours and 20 minutes um, so I didn't get the director's cut. I, I seen two scenes uh, from the director's cut that I saw on YouTube just kind of doing some more research about these movies. And even that stuff, you go, oh, dude, I bet you that sucked so bad knowing that that wasn't going to make the final cut uh, as far as the theatrical release. Which, you know, hey man, kudos to Peter Jackson for, for kind of swallowing his pride and able to do that. I think that's that's really tough for a director. I'm always... Speaking of him, I'm always really fascinated in what he does. Um I've always said that like he should definitely do something Star Wars. Um and that's completely biased. I you know, I know. But I've always wanted to see what he could do with the world building because even like movies like King Kong and even his um help with District 9, I can see that he's somebody that could absolutely make uh the movie world and universe around him more interesting than the movie itself like honestly when i do watch king kong i'm more interested in skull island than i am just king kong like there seems to be a lot of stuff on that island that is dangerous and treacherous and and just there's an overall mystical feeling to what that island is and what it what happens when you're there for too long um i remember i watched the crap out of that king kong movie when it came out like even as long as it was i still just on repeat I would have it. Only because, you know, one, uh, I have an obsession with just kaiju monsters, but two, his signature style was always something I was fascinated with, which inevitably kind of pushed me and motivated me to want to watch Lord of the Rings because I really want to just deep dive into what he does. Um I still haven't seen everything. I've seen Lovely Bones, very, very different from anything he really does. I, I necessarily... I wouldn't say it's a great movie, but it's not something that I, I enjoy um, as much as I enjoy his other work. Um yeah, And so what it is, I wanted to get into like a, a signature filmmaking style, which is something he does, which is essentially building worlds. Um, But as soon as I did that, I was like, you know what, I'd rather just review Lord of the Rings. One, because I just sat through all of these movies. And two, they're fascinating on their own, essentially. I... I'm also wondering, too, what what is it that's really kind of pushing back on this whole, like, we're not getting a lot of Lord of the Rings stuff now? I know there's, like, a show coming on Amazon or, or something, um, just doing my research. There was a show on Amazon coming up that may or may not come out this year, and then you have a video game for Gollum, which I thought was really interesting. Um, outside of that, though, it doesn't really seem like there's a lot of push for Lord of the Rings, considering that I know a lot of people like these movies, they love them. So I'm always wondering why that cash cow isn't being drained like anything else. I mean, I'm surprised franchises, you know, like any franchise, you're going to milk that dry, especially studios who know that people want that stuff. I mean, we get a we get a, a you know, a new Jurassic Park movie almost every other year. You know, we get movies like uh, Ice Age and stuff like that, right? I I don't understand why that well hasn't just been completely taken out. I guess maybe there's just some sort of um, reputation I think with Lord of the Rings Where people are like we don't really want to run this dry But I feel like there's definitely a lot of stuff You could get into And, and not even saying like milk it dry I don't mean like hey just continually put stuff out Until people are tired I'm talking about Why isn't there more of a build of the lore um, To things like Gandalf To things like Aragorn To uh, maybe Legolas Moron, uh, Soramon Or Sauron uh, things like that like why well, haven't we got more books or, or things of that nature i think maybe some of that was added you know i don't i don't i've never read those books um but i hear that like even on a book level this is just this is nerd paradise and so i'm just i'm just saying whoever owns that um whoever owns that i mean definitely you should definitely get more into it there's there should be at least a ride right some type of like universal Studios ride where you' get in lord of the Rings or something you know, I mean, I'm just I'm thinking on the residual marketing term that I'm always having in my head. Um make money now with Lord of the Rings. I don't normally do like crazy reviews or, or a synopsis of what these movies are. One, because I bet you a lot of people have already seen these movies. Um and two, if you are coming here to be spoiled, uh what are you doing with your life? Uh just go watch it. Seriously. It's only ten hours, it's only half of a day. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but just getting into the movie in general. Uh, look, there's a ring that was that like controls everything, right? Sauron's giant evil eye in the in the sky. Which I finally understood that reference when you finally watch this movie. I I was like, oh, oh, that's a meme. <laughs> I just I don't even see it as a movie anymore. I just see it as a meme. There was like ten memes. And I was like, is that what that's from? I had no idea. Like Sean Bean with his uh, his Boromir stuff, where he's doing this like. You guys can't see it, but he's like, he clamps like his thumb and his pinky together. And the, remember the meme from like 2011 Facebook was like, you simply can't just, you know, X, you know, and then you put your word down. I was like, I thought that shit was from like Lord of the Rings or something. Or I'm sorry, from Game of Thrones. I had no idea that was from Lord of the Rings. Um, same thing with like, you shall not pass. Uh, you have chosen death. I didn't even know that was from Lord of the Rings. Uh, there's a crazy amount of acting in this though. Uh, or as far as, as cast, um, Christopher Lee, which I already, I knew that one, because I, I, I've just, I've seen him, or at least seen pictures of him. Same thing with with uh, Ian McKellen playing Gandalf, but stuff like Sean Bean, I had no idea that he was in these movies. Um, uh, God, I'm blinking on his name right now. Carl Urban. Carl Urban's also in these movies. I had no idea. Uh, when I finally watched him, I was like, yes, Carl Urban. Carl Urban has this weird thing. He loves being kind of a background, but he usually always takes over the screen when he's on it. Um, like, he does that with, like, Thor Ragnarok and, and uh, even, like, Star Trek, where he's playing Bones, where he's not really, like, this main character, but he gives off very main character vibes. It's, it's, it's fascinating, his, his career and where it's gone over the years. Um, Liz Taylor, which I thought she, I thought her involvement in the movie was almost perfect about what she could do I didn't fully understand it. Uh, her relationship with Aragon, and, and inevitably, inevitably, this thing that she needs to get done, which is like, I need to find peace among the the realms and kingdoms. I, I don't really know. There's sometimes there's some dialogue in this movie that just gets a little a little draining, right? But I mean, you're gonna expect that in a three-hour movie, I would think. Um, I thought she was really good. I thought her her chase scene with those those Dark Riders, which, by the way, dude, their look was amazing. I I was terrified of the dark riders. Cuz when you have goons in movies, especially goons that like like stormtroopers or like DC characters have goons. I was always think of the Harley Quinn, we need goons with Bane. Um those goons are kind of just they're no-faced people literally sometimes. Um that just kind of they're there just kind of prolong what's a Eventually going to happen anyways, right? The character's going to get what he needs to get done. Um, The goons are going to come and kind of delay that until the characters can do something really cool and get away from them. These Dark Riders were not that. They were scary. They were big. They were... You know, you couldn't see their faces and stuff like that. They just looked like these evil... Almost like the the cover of, like, an 80s heavy metal band. Uh, It just... It looked awesome. And, like, even scenes where... Uh, there's one scene in the first movie where they're all hiding from this Dark Rider, and the, and the camera goes for like a Dutch angle, and you could see the overhang of like the Dark Rider kind of kneeling over like a tree, and he could smell the ring. I thought, dude, like I, my heart was stopping just like a little bit, cause like I, I, you know, one, I don't know, I I have no idea who's gonna live and die in some of these movies, you know, considering I've never seen them. So just seeing that and just kind of like feeling that tension, I was like, dude, I like these characters I, I like these goons essentially what they are for sormon there's the chase scene where liz taylor is running from them and you could f- like even from the camera perspective a lot of times when you'll cut and you'll cut back you'll see like there's a little bit of uh distance that's created right and it's supposed to look like it's getting closer but a lot of times when the camera will pull out for a full shot you'll see that there's a lot of uh, a lot of distance it, it tends to happen in movies right it's just they're kind of built up but when these night Riders or these Dark Riders were were chasing Liz Taylor... uh, Anway, whatever her character's name is... like You could actually see them um, plotting and, and trying to stop her in her tracks. And There was even times where like they were getting fairly close. And again, it only goes back to... I don't know who lives and dies. I really thought maybe she was going to die in that scene. Um, spoiler alert, she doesn't. Turns out they don't like water. Yeah, that was... What, what is up with water in movies? Like, every bad guy and movies, does not like water. War of the Worlds, Signs, Lord of the Rings, The the Wizard of Oz. one likes water. Water is bad in movies, but water is the real enemy. Uh, but they, yeah, they don't like water. Um, I thought maybe that was a little ex machina, but maybe that's something that's in the book. Uh, you know, I don't fully know. The other thing I want to get to, uh, as far as these movies, was the Hobbits themselves, that Shire and them coming from. I thought the entire concept of them leaving the Shire and being so far away from home, trying to get this ring back to Sauron was, I thought that was really endearing. I thought as far as everything in the movie, I think that moral lesson was the most interesting of just packing your bags and leaving home. Um, Getting out of your comfort zone, getting out of the way of life that you only know because you've only ever lived that sort of life, and to see Frodo and Sam embark on this journey and just... There's so many obstacles in this movie. Um, Especially when they're with characters like Legolas and Aragorn. When they're fighting like the troll monster. and, And when they're fighting other armies and they're fighting the orcs. I thought the pacing to every single obstacle that they were getting to. One, it felt good. Because, you know, you get to finally see these big battle scenes. But it felt right because you could actually feel a sense of... These guys are a little tired. These guys have been walking for a long time. You know, there's... They're running out of food they're you know they're could potentially be going the wrong way you know what new trap or thing are they going to be running into i thought all that was paced for a movie this long pacing is is something you definitely need only because it's it's that long right a movie shouldn't feel like it's three hours that's one thing that i i really really appreciate about endgame and infinity war is that those movies as long as they are i i could breeze through them Right, I never feel those three hours ever. Um, these movies I did it a little bit, but only because you know I watched all three. Um, if I would have just watched one and then waited a couple of days and watched the other, I bet you I probably wouldn't have as much. Um, but that pacing is is phenomenal. It, it really is to, to see that these characters are going through obstacles. And, and you could feel it too because you're just, again, this only goes back to I don't know who's going to live and I don't know who's going to die. So there are times where I would, you know, see somebody like Aragon, which there's a fake out death with him. Uh, I genuinely thought he was dead, right? <laughs> until until I finished that movie and then I was like, oh, wait, he's on the cover of The the Return of the King. He's not dead. Unless he pulls to like some type of weird Gandalf the Grey to Gandalf the White kind of situation. I was like, I, I don't really know. But I'm still going to enjoy it because these movies are amazing. Yeah, pacing is definitely on point. I, I definitely enjoy these. I don't know how the Hobbit movies are going to be. Um, I will watch those at some point. I just really want to get to these movies first. Uh, but yeah, going back to the Frodo and Sam thing, them leaving home, them enduring the constant barrage of, of things that are happening to them, and, and them adjusting to it, right? They don't ever just sit in, in a fetal position and cry. I mean, they definitely miss home. You know, they definitely... They feel the exhaustion of just not being in a situation or a surrounding that they're familiar with, and I thought that was really cool. There was, and I mean, this with absolutely no disrespect. I I honestly thought they were both gay. I I was like, I I'm these two are gonna kiss by the end of something. It's just there's a weird amount of sexual tension between these two, and I was like, I either you shot this really weird, or yeah, these two these two are 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 gonna be in a relationship. Turns out there wasn't. I finally I finally looked up, and I was like, it's the power of friendship. I was like, you, Peter Jackson, you did not cut that right, buddy. You really made— th- There was, like, these shots, dude, where, like, these two are just looking at each other for just, like, this long, like, yeah, you're my friend. Yeah, well, you're even more my friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, maybe, maybe, just maybe I, I, I over-exaggerated, but I swear to God, dude, both of them just looking at each other. I was like, these these two don't feel like friends. Uh, it was just, it was not, not to say it was weird, but it was just like, if, if you're going to go that route, just, 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 can we get that off the monkey off your back already, dude? <laughs> just do it. Right. We don't, we don't need another Finn and Poe situation where like, are these two something. It's just whatever. Um, yeah, but their, their power of friendship got them the ring. By the way, the ring itself, I gotta say that that ring is incredibly stupid. It is the stupidest thing. I was like, why, why are you guys all fighting over this stupid ring? no one cares it makes you invisible who cares but I guess you know Saruman has some type of attachment to it and the nine kings have some type of weird attachment to it or or something but it was something I was like I like this is just a very normal ring it just makes you invisible um I mean I guess the pull of it of like you have power but it doesn't even really like it doesn't even really give you power it really just makes you invisible. So I was like, I, I don't understand. What what storm am I gonna do with that? He's already a giant armor thing. Why do you need to be invisible too? It it just didn't. I was like, I, I don't know what's happening with this ring. Um, as far yeah, as far as like getting the actual ring to itself, I was like that's the part that I just wasn't a hundred percent on. Uh, I was like, this is like take a lightsaber and just cut that thing in half, and we'll just we'll end the movies now. Um just this little stupid ring it's not and it's not even like a cool looking like oh it's a jagged it, it looks like like when you get married and a dude has to wear the ring right the, the little gold one, it just looks like that you know what i mean just wear that around your neck um i golem for some reason needed it so badly i felt really really bad for him i i'm finally glad that i've seen these movies and i kind of understand the concept of him too um Gollum really just kind of got the raw end of a deal uh in these movies uh and and kudos to Andy Serkis for this man there's I mean again this movie haven't aged 100% well uh so there are times when Gollum just looks a little he looks a little rough as far as like he's moving but then there'd be times where I'd see it and go this is amazing like it looks like a real thing it, it would go between that looks awfully fake to that looks awfully real i don't I don't really know what he's done. I don't even really know how you get to that that set again actually no I'll take it back um Andy Serkis, circus his stuff he's done with the the Planet of the Apes movies as well. there are times where I'm looking at those movies going that is a real monkey that is a actual ape I'm looking at um so I guess that's something he does, but actually gollum fighting this other identity this obsession with the ring and and him trying to swallow that so that way he could get Frodo back. Uh, I thought all that stuff where he's like kind of fighting his own mind. I I genuinely felt bad for Gollum and Smeagol. Um, and, and kudos again just to Andy Serkis. I give more kudos to him because that's that's a tough character to play. Especially with like mocap and stuff like that. Because no one knows that it's you. Everyone, I bet you when these movies came out, everyone just assumed. They were like, oh, that's cool. That's a cool CGI character. But to see that... Andy Serkis is evoking the facial structure and the actual emotion to that character. Um, and he's not really getting the credit he deserves. I mean, he definitely has now. People people love him. Um, but I bet you in those times, he really didn't. And it's cool to see them kind of come up from that. Um, I can't wait to see more of what he really does. Because he always he, he's always interesting. I think even with the character like Snoke, which he got completely undercut from that. I, I was super excited when I found out he was going to be in those movies. Um, even, even then, like, stuff with snow because it's pretty interesting, I would say. So, yeah, I definitely felt for Gollum. Uh, love the way he looks. I, I wonder what that video game is gonna be. If if you guys haven't checked that out, there's a small, like, teaser trailer that came out, like, four months ago for this game. I don't even know if it's a, a council game or not. It could be a PC one where I guess you just kind of run around the mountains not eating bread. That's the whole video game. I guess I can talk about the actual, uh movies overall, right? The arcs that kind of happened in this movie, because the last movie, especially with, with Return of the King, now mind you, I'm watching all these in, in one day, so I don't really feel the weight of these characters all finally coming full circle to what happens with them. You have Frodo finally coming back to the Shire, you have Aragon and, and Liz Taylor finally getting married, Merry um, and Pippin kind of get their own little, like they finally get to reunite with Frodo, Gandalf finally gets to go home, things like that. There were so many endings that I think I felt it, but I bet you, you know, if I had to wait the 10 years or so that these movies all kind of came out in, I probably would be like, oh, finally, finally, these characters are all finally getting their comeuppance, they're finally getting their happy fairytale ending. Um, and even through the progression of the movies, I felt they were all a little different every single time. Gimli was the one that I I thought was a little fascinating, because he turned into a complete goofball by the end of it, I thought it was hilarious. Um... Just just watching him just being a dummy, uh, same thing goes for like Legolas. Like Legolas was like weirdly OP by like the end of it. I was like, I, like I don't. What happened, dude? <laughs> this man took a lot of creatine because he's like taking down elephants by himself and things of that nature. Like all those characters got like a lot more progressive and a lot more. I, I bet you. I think the thing that Peter Jackson was going for when he was making these movies is that, like these characters have been on the road for so long or just kind of journeying, that they're kind of maybe a little desperate, or they've learned something along the ways, right? They've learned how to fight better. They've been at the... They, they've faced death numerous times. They've come out victorious. Uh, and, you know, here here's... It's it's like almost watching them level up, you know, right before our eyes. And so a lot of those characters had a progression. I'd, I never, I never really felt like any character didn't have the right amount of screen time <clears throat> that they should Everybody was used properly which is very rare in a movie this massive you know i think that's the one thing that's really missing from fantasy movies now is that there is a conjunction where you need to barrage a person with so much character so much so that a lot of times that they'll just mention something and then you'll go here's this character here's here's steve he fought like seven wars cool thanks steve come with me right that's a lot of times that's how fantasy movies played out because they just don't have the the time to really do that. And I think that's something that's. If you're going to do a massive Lord of the Rings esque type movie, or at least try to capture lightning in a bottle again, but with a different franchise, you definitely need those three to four hours of screen time for everybody. It's just, it's needed. You need to feel like these characters actually can do something instead of just being told they could do something. And. Uh, That's a very, very big thing that... Even in Hollywood now, man, they just have not figured that out. It's just... It's a shortcut. You need to see these characters go through a struggle. The uh, the last thing I really want to get into is actually the villain of the movie with with Soromon. A a villain, especially a villain of that size um, and that stature, you definitely can feel like, what are we going to do to beat him? And you feel that little bit of, like can you actually beat, can these characters actually beat, uh, Sauron, or Sauron, my my apologies, Christopher Lee is is Sauron, um, like any other big villain in a movie, like the Joker, maybe Darth Vader, um, those characters always feel like, you know, at some point they're gonna lose, right, you you know, you, you want them to stick around a little bit, only because, you know, maybe you like them, or you kind of like the, the battle that they're having with their protagonist, their antagonist, and protagonist can kind uh, of like duke it out and make a really good movie out of it. You know, even somebody like Thanos, which I think comparing him to Thanos, and I'm not talking about power-wise. I'm just talking about as far as like villain-wise um, and, and can he be beaten on that scale, I think this probably beats out Thanos. Me- meaning, can these characters actually beat Soroka there's a there's a level of like Thanos where you you kind of feel like yeah these characters are all kind of kind of bounce back we needed Infinity War to kind of show that they can be beaten but you know at some point Thanos will lose you can't have the loss of the Avengers um, with these characters you don't I never really knew it just felt like they all really needed to kind of get their their resources all together to finally beat this massive army and that was that was the thing about Sauron that was so interesting was that. As great of a warrior as he is, his strength is he has numbers, right? Those orcs are deadly. They're massive creatures that, and this is the cool thing about, like, the fighting in this movie is that it's always so chaotic and and even a little awkward, right? Like, it's actually how a battle would be. And so when you're seeing them fight these orcs, you go, how are they going to handle that massive amount of orcs if they could barely handle this many? And there's a a little bit of like, yeah, these characters all kind of turn into Captain America a little bit when they're kind of throwing each other around and they're dive-bombing and swanton-bombing on friggin' orcs. Uh, But even then, you still feel the pool of, you know, Sora has a really big army. You don't really know if you're going to be able to walk out of this alive. And potentially there's going to be some characters that are are really important that are also going to lose their lives for the sacrifice of this stupid ring. So on, I'm talking about on that level. I'm not talking about power-wise compared to Thanos. I'm talking about, can, do you actually feel like the heroes who are going to fight him actually going to win? And that was the part where I actually felt like there was a little bit of doubt. A little bit of, you know, maybe they don't fully beat him. Maybe they lock him up. Maybe they do something to where they beat him, but it cost them at a, at a crazy price. And spoiler, it didn't happen um but i definitely felt that pull of it i think on a villain level he is very very interesting um just having a giant eye in the sky and he could see everything and he could see what the who has possession of the ring and things like that it was a little it's a little confusing sometimes what can and can't be done um as far as that movie but i bet you that's more just my uh unawareness of what happens in those books or maybe in the hobbit movies and i just don't know um, but until then, you know, I I definitely felt the pull of of Sauron. So, uh, as far as like all these movies combined, these are definitely A's. Um, I know the Return of the King got like all the awards in the Academy. Uh, watching this movie, I definitely feel it. I don't know what else came out that year, but this that was a really really good movie. And I think for whatever maybe came out during that time, maybe it just didn't match up to it. I I think if this movie came out now with what it, it is. It probably wouldn't just because the Academy is just so drama and politically correct. Uh they lean more toward that like a movie like Marriage Story and then the last black man in San Francisco kinda get more pulled and I think Lord of the Rings would have. But who knows, I mean Mad Max definitely got that and Mad Max was a very practical specimen too. So uh I don't know. I wish I wish I could have seen how this movie would have played out if it would have came out in like twenty nineteen or twenty twenty. So, uh, definitely a pluses I definitely would recommend that you guys check them out, if you haven't already, um, I'll definitely be checking out the Hobbit movies as well, uh, I hear that those movies are, as far as quality, not as good as Lord of the Rings, but, uh, I mean, what else are you going to expect, man? Peter Jackson gave a decade of his life making these movies, and clearly it was a passion, and maybe, maybe the Hobbit wasn't that, or maybe he bit off more than he could chew, but I definitely look at i'll look at those movies unbiasedly and just kind of watch them as just a movie fan who's never seen them so uh definitely check out that review at some point um uh, but thank you guys for, so much for checking us out thank you so much for listening to our fight club review that we did uh over the last week we definitely have some more content coming for you guys later uh we have an episode coming up where we're gonna do a review of we're gonna do our super bowl predictions and then We'll get into a review of the WandaVision show that's going to come out this Friday. I can't wait for you guys to check that out. Uh, in the meantime, you guys can check out our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcasts, Podchaser, Podbean, and on YouTube. So you guys have a good day, and I will see you l- later.